or two, page uh, 1152, if you've got a Schofield Bible, 1152. <coughs> Have you been obedient this morning? Amen. Amen. No, there's not. Amen. Have you all been obedient this morning? In Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, Then they gladly received His word, were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, even as men, as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Notice this, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. This morning, with the help of God, I want to begin a series entitled, Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing. But this title, What the Lord Values. What does the Lord consider important in your life and in mine? And again, let's go to the throne of grace. Brother Bill Cashman, how about you praying? Amen. You'll be seated. If I were to ask you, where is the church? Many of you would say, well, my church is 131 Duke Street. Right outside the road is in the Granite Falls. But in essence, you would be wrong. Because in essence, the church is not a place, but it is a people. Church is not a building we go to on Sunday in hopes of reaching heaven someday. Church is a people and we join together as we journey towards heaven one day. Church, literally, the true address of the church is where you live 
and where I live. So in essence, the church is where you and I are each and every day. Soul Rock Baptist Church is not just brick and mortar situated here on the side of the road. We are the church. So therefore, we must be the church. I am convinced more than I've ever been convinced that the church of a holy God is so much more than what most of us believe it to be. And it's almost as if we approach this thing of saying, well, if you died today, do you know that you'd go to heaven? Well, I go to church. Well, I'm a member over here. I'm a member there. And I'm glad you're a part of our church. I'm glad you're a part of this body of believers. And I'm glad you do assemble on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. I'm glad for all of that. But if you are dependent and trusting on that to get you to heaven, one day you will, we may very well have a service. And Jesus say, come up hither. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be gone. There is this perception that, well, I don't have time to get right with God. Like I told these boys last Sunday, teaching to them. I said, okay, fellas, all together, let's blink. And I said, and, and I said, I'm going to count to three. One, two, three, blink. And they all blinked. And I said, listen, a hundred times faster than what you just blinked, we're leaving out of here. You're not going to have time to do anything. And you'll be left behind. And the reality is, though, that God says the church ought to be much more than that. The early church, in Acts chapter 2, I believe we have a record of the the early church, what it was, what it was all about. And it is in my heart as we look at this early church to begin to, again, one more time, get back to the main thing being the main thing. And tonight it is in, today it is in my heart that God would instill and Holy Ghost would instill in your heart, in my heart, the main thing being the main thing. Let me give you three things and we'll be done. May I say first of all, the Lord desires commitment more than a weekly audience. Chapter one, they begin with 120. And in chapter two, they had 3,120. I don't care what, I don't care what kind of size church in today's mega church standards, that is one good growth spurt. That, that's some growing in a hurry. But one of the things we need to understand was 3,000 was added to the church. They wasn't visitors. They wasn't seekers. They were, in fact, participants. They, God did something so radical in their life that in just one chapter of time, 3,000 was added to the church. Wow. And you say, well, who were these people? Well, here's who these people were. Then they that gladly received His Word were baptized. 
the first thing that was to this, who these group of people were was this. They were truly saved by the grace of God. We've already addressed it. It wasn't the end of the service. Are you saved? Do you know Christ? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you died right now, that you would go to heaven? And if there's anything Solid Rock Baptist Church has witnessed firsthand in this year is this, that one Sunday you may be here and the next Sunday you not be here. You and I are no excuse for that. That's not a good story I'm telling. That's not a good story the preacher has. You and I have witnessed that. Literally witnessed that since Mother's Day. On Mother's Day, a family sat right in front of, of Michael and Cynthia. And they sat there for every Sunday that I've been here. But here, but today, they're no longer here. And the circumstances is not as important as the fact. Uh, if that were you, would you be in heaven or would you be in hell? Would you be saved? Would you be lost? The first thing that was added to these people were, and then that they gladly received His Word and were baptized. I love that. The Baptist churches used to have this distinctive. That is, that if you want to become a member of that church, you had to be born again members. You had to be saved by the grace of God. By the way, I still believe that ought to be true. Amen? Someone has said, Pastor Stephen Lawson wrote this, In seeking to capture the upper hand in church growth, a new wave of pastors are reinventing church and repackaging the gospel into a product to be sold to consumers. What that pastor needs to do is open up a 7-Eleven, put up a rack and say, God for sale. But the reality is we're not going to repackage the gospel. We're not going to repackage what God has done and what God wants to do. As a matter of fact, that, that seems to be the issue now. We, we've almost made church a place of entertainment. And it's judged by entertainment. Can I just say this? Large crowds can be gathered almost anywhere if you want to entertain them. But then in the, the greatest show on earth draws in a crowd, but it's a circus. It's a circus. The living church is not a circus. The living church is not a place to entertain. You say, but preacher, why should we feel that way? Because the world's dying and going to hell at a breakneck speed. Perhaps you're here this morning. And the truth is, the only hope, the only answer, the only help there is for you is the gospel of Jesus Christ. He lived, He died, He was buried, but hallelujah, He rose again that you and I could go free. Who were these people that were saved? Born again believers. What did these people practice? Listen now. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine 
and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. You'll find these are definite articles that they did. They, they literally continued steadfastly. Nobody was hunting them on Sunday night. As a matter of fact, they did this daily. They did this daily. One of the most remarkable things that's happening in our state right now is people are coming all over the country sitting under a hot tent. We went last Friday a week ago. We got there 30, 35 minutes earlier. We was the seventh row outside the tent and sat in the sun for an hour and a half till the sun went down. People are coming from everywhere. And God is moving. And people are being saved. Most amazing thing I've ever seen. And it's spreading. And we need that here. Caldwell County needs that. Burke County, Catawba County. Let me get right real personal. Solid Rock Baptist Church needs that. Here's a bunch of people that are getting together and it's no longer entertainment, but it is a place. It's amazing, it's amazing. See here this tonight, this morning, as we begin literally the second half of this year, we need a revival, we need a renewing of some of you realizing if you're saved, born again, washed in the blood, no one should have to be hunting you when it's church time. No one should be asking where they at. Why ain't they here? And the reality is, I'm not talking about sickness, and sometimes I realize our jobs keep... I understand all that. You, you know what I'm talking about. Let's not, let's not, let's not play games. You, you got, my, why I'm doing at home is more important than the house of God. Playing is more important than the house of God. What I'm going to do is more important. Here's the reality. Those are spectators and not participants. Someone has said, if folks are really embracing the truth that we're being preached here, if they're not really following the Christ that is worshipped here, if they're not ultimately transformed by the gospel that is believed here, then there's no difference than here than the entertainments of the world. And you say, what's the big deal? Sinners are on the way to a devil's hell. And they don't need entertainment. They need a Savior. Some of those are your family. Some of those are my family. They don't need entertainment. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, For the Son of God, man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Lord didn't come, the Lord didn't come and live and die and rose again, sits at the right hand of the Father for you and I to be entertained. He come to seek and save that which was lost. We need a Savior. Lord desires, number one, a commitment more than a weekly audience. Let me ask you a question. How will this service change you? I 
I am thrilled. I am, th- listen to, I want, I want your attention. I'm thrilled with people that readily use the altars around here. I'm going to ask you a question. How will it change you? Did you come to the altar this morning? Or God's a nudge in your heart and you're going to come to an altar. But yet, you'll cuss the same way you did last week. You raised the devil like you did last week. Did you come to a God's altar? And yet, tonight you didn't make plans. I'm not going to be there. See, the Lord desires a commitment more than a weekly audience. Number two, the Lord desires community more than a weekly acquaintance. Every week I go to the cleaners. They know me by name. They recognize me when I may recognize my face when I walk in the door. They, 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 they know my clothes. They can usually just walk to where I'm at. They, they know where, I got my own place on the rack. I'm sure of it. But the truth of the matter is, they know about me, but they don't know me. They don't know me. And the reality is, here was the early church, and they were sharing life with one another. They all believed were together and had all things common. The word common there has the idea of the same language. If I come up to you this morning and say, Boy, isn't the Lord good? You're going to say, Amen, yes, He's good. We, we shout the same language, we understand the language. But if I walk with you and say, Boy, I take praise to God, Hallelujah, been washed in the blood of Jesus. You walk up to a lost man, and they're going to say, Zesus, who? Huh? What? Are you in some kind of ritual that you wash in blood? You, you actually wash? You, you wash in blood? They don't understand the language. They don't understand the language. On one occasion, an old man came to Jesus, and Jesus, he said, Jesus, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, very, very, you must be born again. He said, are you kidding? I'm how, how in God's name will you enter back in a mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, that born of flesh is flesh, and that born of the Spirit is spirit. Here's what he's saying. He said, you have to be born again. Before he left, Nicodemus understood what the, what the, the terminology was. When he's talking about here, they all believed were together, had all things common. This morning when I ask you if you're saved, how many of you understand what that means? Amen? If you're saved, you know if you say, You see, some folks don't understand what, saved from what? They had all things together, all things in common. Because they shared a life together. See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm understand this, and please, before, before his execution by the Nazis, there was a preacher by the name of Bonahith. And, uh, he was a pastor and he, he really tried to help him and saved as many of them as he could. And to train some young men in ministry, they all lived together. They ate together. They stayed together. They worshiped together. And, uh, and, uh, he, he goes on to talk and he wrote a book called Life Together. And he said he, it, what a privilege it was 
for them to live together. And I understand that. I, I really do understand that in our culture today, it, it's, it's very difficult for us to do that. But, uh, but I do believe this. I do believe God gives us an opportunity every week to look around and say, um, oh, so-and-so's not here this morning. What's going on with them? Well, they're, they're, they're sick this morning. And you're going home and forgetting about yourself and your selfishness for a little bit and picking up the thoughts of, well, I missed you in church this morning. I want you to know I'm praying for you. It's talking about caring for somebody. It's talking about looking and saying, not only, well, I appreciate you when you're there. I miss you when you're not there. It's looking around us and saying, it's not about me, my four, and no more. It's about looking around and saying, what can I do? Hey, can I pray for you today? What can I do to encourage you today? What can I do to help you today? I'm, I'm going to share this. It's very personal. But it helps some of you women to get here. Me and Darlene was talking yesterday. And I was just sharing with her how much the Lord is, has been helping me since I went to, to the conference and tent meeting. And boy, we, we, we plugged into the youth conference and heard a message on baggage. And boy, that's just that's a challenging message. And I was just sharing with her. I said, we just drive. I said, boy, the Lord's just doing so much to help me. And you know what the question she had? And it was monumental. Are you listening, ladies? Here's the question she had. She said, how can I better help you? And I thought, my God, don't lose our heart! We want a great church. Some of you are going to have to forget about yourself and your selfishness. You're so hung up on yourself. It's too much. I'm trying to help you this morning. You've got to forget about yourself. And I thought, wow. I want to go, oh, hallelujah. You know why? Because, so what can I do to better help you? I looked at her and said, just keep on doing what you're doing. I wonder this morning, this thing of church, sharing life with one another, showing love one to another, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. You say, I ain't going to give them my, I ain't doing that, that's God. No, I know, that's the reason why God's not doing anything for you. Your God's your money. Here's the ideal here. It's not. This is not an economical thing. This was a spiritual thing. Acquaintance will wave at you at the grocery store. But a Christian community will buy you groceries when you're broke and hungry. Don't you come up here and tell me you're broke and hungry and you weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> I ain't buying that. Tell, I can see Jimmy drawing back uh, heading this way. <laughs> but I want you to know, I'd buy him groceries if he wanted them. In a heartbeat. 
acquaintance will ask about your children. But a Christian community will help you raise your children. I want you to hear me now. You ain't real smart if you think you got all the dibs on raising your children. And let me just say this. If we don't get a generation to God, you're going to lose them. You'll lose them. Acquaintance may like your friendly personality, but a church family knows what kind of jerk you can be and they still love you anyhow. Say amen. If we fill this building full of people every Sunday and no one really knew or loved anyone else, we don't have nothing on the county jail. Not a thing on the county jail. The Lord desires a commitment more than a weekly audience. I want to ask you a question. Who have you encouraged or helped with no expectations of nothing in return? It'll help you. It'll help you. Have you ever bought anybody a meal? Have you, have you ever been in a grocery store? I'm going to mess some of you up so bad you're not going to ever get over it. You'll be in a grocery store and there's somebody in front of you and you know, you, you, don't take, you don't take a rocket scientist to know that they don't have a whole lot of this, what the world's called, goods. And they start ringing up the groceries and they realize that there ain't enough money there to pay for it all and they start setting stuff out. Have you ever been behind them and said, listen, put all that stuff back and I'll make up the difference. Have you ever done that? Well, nobody ain't never done that to me. I know. I know. I know. Nobody probably ever will. You'd be amazed in what kind of life it could be if you just learned to realize that somebody around you, I don't care how bad you've got it this morning, there's somebody hurting a little worse than you are. Somebody got a little worse need than you do. Somebody's having a little harder. Number one, the Lord desires commitment more than a weekly audience. The Lord desires community more than a weekly acquaintance. I love this. The Lord desires continuing more than a weekly attendance. Continuing means this. An unbroken and consistent existence or operation of something over a period of time. Monday night football comes on and they, they act like Monday's the first day of the week, but it's not. The modern work week is Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sundays are days we have off. But I'm going to be honest with you, I contend with you, Sunday's the first day of the week. God gives you six other days to make a living. And I know it's going to mess some of you up. But you'll never prosper as long as you're robbing God's day to do anything. Amen? I tell you how dogmatic I am. There was a day people didn't even open the stores on Sunday. How many of you remember that day? There was a day people didn't cook, people didn't do this. People took the day to enjoy and honor and bless God. But now we just continually take His day. There ought to be one day you set aside to worship God and give Him His best. Monday through Fridays, work days. Saturday, if you need to. You say, what was this? The frequency of their faith. And they continued daily with one accord 
in the temple daily. Daily. Doesn't mean they had church service every day. It means daily they worshiped God. They were Christians every single day. Brother Ronnie said it best in Sunday school this morning. Let me tell you what a lost world is looking for. Those of you that are lost this morning, you know what you're looking for? You're looking for something real. You're tired of the hypocrisy. I don't blame you. I'm tired of it too. And if I'm tired of it, I believe God's sick of it. It's time we started being Christians every single day of the week. And you never know, you never know when you run across that person that God wants you to talk to. And if you're hypocritical, you're not going to affect them. I, I went to make a visit yesterday. And um, the people in the, in the mobile home had moved out and another family had moved in. I walked up on the porch. I began to talk to this young lady. She had three little boys. Her name is Emily. And had three little boys. Uh, Adrian, Zach, and Ben. And a young man come to the door and he said, You know who I am? I said, you look familiar. He said, you visited me a good while back down in Charlotte. He'd had a stroke. His name, his name was Zach Hancock, Hathcock, your son. Your son. Charles, your son. Zach, you know your son. <laughs> and, 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 his, and I didn't go to visit him but that day I got an opportunity to share the gospel and I didn't trust Christ but I ain't done yet I'm going back and you pray for that family for you see it's time that we started taking Christianity and being something we live each and every day I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a preacher just on Sunday mornings. I'm not a Christian on Sunday mornings. I'm a Christian on Monday and Tuesday. Not only, and it's, and not only that, but a fruitfulness in their life. Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. This morning, this morning, I wonder, I wonder how do you define church? What does God value? Well, He values commitment over than just a, just a regular commitment more than a weekly audience. God desires community more than acquaintance. God desires continuing. You know what God does when you continue? Tonight I got a message and I, I'm, I'm so excited about preaching it. I'd preach it, I'd preach it now if you'd wait and listen to it. I'm excited about preaching it, but you know what? And, and you say, will it help you? I know it'll help you, because it's the Word of God. But you know what? If you're not here, then you miss what God has got. And every time we miss what God has got, we get a little further, a little further, a little further. But every time we get what God's got, we get a little closer, a little closer, a little closer. This morning, I, I wonder, do you value what he values. That's all standard feet, every head bowed, every eye closed.